And then the news came on saying, lock up, stay inside. Restaurants are shut down. Do not leave the house. Wear the mouth. Uh, we'll get back to you. I don't know. In like, I don't know, a week, a month, a year. I don't know, two years. <laughs> We're like, we are out of here. Welcome to the Phase 4 Podcast, inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalkar, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is a kind, warm, and caring soul. Her empathetic and compassionate approach benefits everyone she meets. Her zest for life is intoxicating, and her journey is proof of that. Her altruistic nature is also highlighted by her volunteer work, which includes, but is not limited to, the areas of Christian ministries and U.S. Army support. She does coaching for veterans, and as a Marine Corps spouse, she has the experience to contribute to new military families, veteran affairs, and anything in between. In addition, she does back-to-nature coaching and decluttering coaching for homes and workspaces. Her multidisciplinary focus is changing the lives of people from all walks of life. Vanessa Donaldson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, JP, for having me today. Thank you. So I guess tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so I am um, a military spouse, married 25 years. So basically met my husband in Africa. We kind of have a Lawrence of Arabia story, which maybe not everybody knows the background, but we met in Africa. I was in the Peace Corps. You mentioned, you know, my volunteer service. So yeah, I kind of always grew up with that in my in my mind, the background. That service is really huge for me for contributing to society. It gives me living purpose. So um, I went to the Peace Corps after college and um, served there for two and a half years, extended in a country called Niger, which is above Nigeria in West Africa, and uh, met my spouse there. He was uh, guarding the embassy as a Marine security guard. Um, you know, serving with the military. And uh, yeah, it was a big joke that the Peace Corps and the War Corps getting together, like people thought we would last maybe a day or two. And it's been 25 plus years and we're still together. So that yin and yang works sometimes. But yeah, so we um, connected there and just have had an adventure together ever since. Um, Got married back in the States after Marine Security Guard and um, started our family. Moved about seven times with the family and our two kids, raising them in the military all over the world. We were stationed in um, California, Camp Pendleton Marine Corps Base, followed by some overseas tours again in uh, Conakry, Guinea, West Africa, Trinidad and Tobago, the West Indies, um, Texas, Houston, Texas. Then we went on to uh, Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, Hawaii, Oahu, Hawaii, uh, Kaneohe Marine Corps Base, and uh, ended up at Camp Pendleton again. So over 20-something years, ironically enough, we started at Camp Pendleton Marine Corps Base and ended there. So a lot of lifetime experience in living in the military um, and then just maneuvering on to figuring out life after the military. So um, my husband got out in about seven or eight years ago. And uh, as the wife, you know, we just come along their side. I have had, I guess, jack of all crates, moved, 
jack of all trades, moved around with him all over the world, uh, picked up some part-time jobs here and there, worked on careers at the side. But, you know, it, it's a different world when you have to move every time and pick up with your brain and start over, kind of. So um kind of an entrepreneur in that process and um, don't know if you want me to keep going on into post-retirement and all that or or if you want me to take a break in between because I, I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. So did I... Did I see San Clemente as well there somewhere? Yeah, gosh, you are quite the researcher. Yes, yeah, so Camp Pelton Marine Corps Base, it's like one of the largest military bases, and it spans all the way from um, Orange County, so San Clemente, down to Oceanside area, which is actually San Diego County. So it's that long that it has two counties you know, in between it. But yeah, San Clemente. Do you have a San Clemente connection? No, I just know, uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, he talks for, no, no, he's a, a military, the admiral. He does a beautiful commencement speech at University of Texas. Um, oh. and he talks about the sharks off San Clemente Island. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We have had quite a few shark, uh, in- incidents. Um, I think someone got attacked at least once on the military base, um, yeah, and I can go into that story too with my husband. He did paddleboard fishing before he got his fishing boat, and we went into that. So, yeah, there are sharks out there, and the signs they post them on the beach. So if you're coming from boat or water, you don't see them. So here's a story: we're just having a family day out on the boat. I guess it was summer; the kids were available, and we're trying. To, our son was actually working at the snack bar at the edge of the beach, and um, he was like the, the kid in the back doing the grilling for the cheeseburgers and the fries and the pretty ladies were in their bikinis at the front giving, you know, handling the money and passing the ice cream cones and all that. So he had a good spot in the back of the kitchen, but that was his little summer job. And we thought, oh, let's just go and you know, get, you know, motivate our son and, and encourage him and go buy some food from him. So we came by boat and um, with our daughter, she's home from college. So my husband gets on the paddleboard with her to go pretty much ship to shore movement. And just kind of ride the waves and get onto the shoreline to go get these burgers that we had texted him. Hey, prepare three burgers for your family, please. And so off they go with a backpack and they're going through this, the, the ocean here. And I'm on the boat because I guess captaining, I mean, he's got all his certificates and licenses and does everything by the book. And you can't leave the boat alone. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm on the boat. So I'm staying there. I'm watching them. I'm waving at them going off the distance. There's helicopters flying around. We don't know what's going on. Like, okay, you know, there's a military base, probably some activity. Later on the news, no, there were helicopters that were in the air and posting information about shark sightings. Um, There were posts all over the beach about not going to the beach, do not engage in the water. Like, there was nobody on the shoreline. We're like, where are the people? And here go my husband and my daughter (laughs) on a paddleboard, just like her legs aren't hanging off the paddleboard. And they're just like having a good old father-daughter moment to shore all the way to get our little burgers. Yeah, and almost sacrificing their lives for three greasy cheeseburgers. And then not till they came back on the paddleboard, their eyes were a little wider. They saw the signs posted. I'm still relaxed on the boat sunbathing at this point. And I'm like, why do they look so concerned? You know, their body language doesn't look like they're enjoying themselves and they're paddling back with the paddle. And yeah, they got back in that boat. They were so happy. And they're like, um, do you know there's signs on the beach? There's some shark sightings. And yeah, it's not good, but yeah, I digress, but that I just couldn't help that story since you mentioned sharks in San Clemente. Just had to go there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, the guy's name is Admiral McCraven, and he has a beautiful speech. Anybody should check it out. It's not only is it a great speech, it's a great way how to write an essay, but it's um about making your bed and starting with that and just Oh yes. 
That's right. Oh my goodness, isn't that crazy? I have I have I have work calls going on on the side. That's busy. Um, so yes, you know I have heard him before because we shared that with all our kids. I probably have it stored somewhere in my phone. Anybody graduating, but they they talk about you know the first task of the day is making your bed. Like after that, that's your first progress, your first win, and you keep going from there. So totally total believer of that. <laughs> That's true, right? And then no matter what happens in your day, if you have a bad day, you come home to a nice made bed and it feels good, right? Exactly. I love it. Beautiful. So I also read that you um, you went to Central Michigan and then you went to William & Mary and you have a philosophy degree in international relations? Yes, uh, I did. It, not in that order first. Uh, after, before the Peace Corps, yeah, I, I grew up traveling. My dad was State Department, so we actually moved around my whole life. So I, home is where the heart is for me, which is probably why I got into the van life too, which we'll talk about later. So I was born in Cameroon, West Africa. Um, then we moved to Vienna, Austria, uh, Brazil. I used to take judo and speak Portuguese. <laughs> then Tunisia, took French there. So I still have French kind of in my background. And then the States. And my mom's actually German, married to an American. So I learned a little German in my upbringing. So yeah, I did about 10 years in the States um, in uh, middle school and high school and then college, William and Mary. Um, and I did a degree at international relations with a focus on developing countries. There's lots of different tracks you can do for international relations. And um, I wanted to focus on developing countries. That was where my heart was, I guess, because of the service thing again. I wanted to help lift up those societies that were kind of left behind and unnoticed and just had you know, less connection to the first world. So joining the Peace Corps right out of college, uh, focusing on a developing country in Niger, what seemed much like the perfect path for me. So that's how I ended up in Africa. Um, so yeah, did that. And then years later, once we were married and had kids, um, I, well, one child, we were with our daughter first and uh, I ended up going back to school. Uh, it was a program that the military base offered at Camp Pelton Marine Corps base. So it was Kind of like um, you could take college classes, all kinds of different schools were on base, marketing, and I ended up on Central Michigan University program at, for a master's in administration, master of science in administration. So I did that actually as a mom, and I was really blessed because I had a really tight, small-knit church community, and my husband was just about to deploy, and I'm thinking, I can't. You know, in Marines, you never use that language, like life coaching. You don't say, I can't. You know, it's like how you overcome, I will, I do words of abundance, not lack. So he had to get that in my head. I have not said I can't much with my core husband around, which is great because it pushes us out of our comfort zone and helps us do other things. So um, yeah, the, the church group stepped up straight away and said, you know what, you're going to get your master's and we're all going to take turns and help watch your child while your husband's deployed. I mean, I'm just crying, sobbing. I'm totally grateful. So yeah, six phase meditation, gratefulness, I'm there. I'm all about gratefulness. So yeah, I ended up at the, um, going back to school and had a great support system there and then finished finished that degree. And I remember actually typing my thesis as my son was just born. So it was like year 2000 and I was just submitting it. I couldn't even go to the graduation or anything in central Michigan um, because we were on our way to Africa again as a family for our next stint overseas. So that's kind of how life goes in, in the, the military. But those central Michigan uh, teachers, those professors, it was great. They were in such good moods because they came to the campus. They literally flew every weekend. They had these contracts with the school. 
they flew to the campus to teach the students. So it was live in, in classroom assignments, in classroom engagement. And they always had the big smiles on their face. I'm like, why are they so happy? Well, all through the winter months, you know, they get to go every weekend to California. So yeah, they were really happy. Um, I was sitting in the front row. I mean, they were just so bubbly and engaging. And I think we always got out a few minutes early because they needed to go see the sunset. They wanted to get to the beach. So yeah, that was that was my educational side. That's so awesome. Yeah, I love it. You guys seem like very well traveled. So I can't wait for the book on that because that is an <laughs> interesting book. So where are you now? What are you doing now? So yeah, where are we now? So since retirement, you know, you you kind of have a life life shift change when your husband gets out of the military. Um, it it was a new world. It was like the world was our oyster. We had been told where to go and what to do for twenty something years. So all of a sudden, you wake up. It's a weird feeling, and no one's telling you where to go and what to do. You don't have to sign in anywhere. You don't have to check in. You don't need to flash that ID to get on base every you know day in and out. It was it was. It was eye-opening. It was um, lots of different emotions that went on. But my husband basically got out, and um, I'm just there the supportive wife, like, okay, what are we doing next? So the kids were transitioning into high school. We decided to stay um, off base in um, San Clemente till they both finished high school. So that was our plan. And I just kind of monitored as a spouse. You monitor your your husband through all those ups and downs in the military with deployment, like where they are emotional, that emotional intelligence, emotional stability, because, you know, they see a lot in the war zone. He had deployed combat uh, five times or so. So, yeah, he'd seen a lot in his life. And um, I say lived a lifetime in one career. So when people would joke in his 40s, like, oh, you're retired now. You're not doing anything. It's like, oh, my gosh, he lived like five lives. He's been shot at. He was in a Humvee that rolled over that, you know, from an IED explosion. He said shrapnel in him. Like, no, the man does not need to go and work for anybody right now. <laughs> if he wants to, that's fine. So I'm like mama bear protecting him. I'm like, yeah, he's just fine. So he he basically went into his, um, you know, finding himself again, his second, his second uh, season. And for a wife, I guess I've been finding and recreating myself every move. So that was kind of my, my normal. Like, okay, we're, we stay, we go, we'll find a new normal, we'll make it work. Uh, but yeah, there were some some time of like confusion, figuring out our path. Are we going to stay after the kids are gone? What do you want to do with your life now? Do you just want to fish and paddleboard? Because that's where it was going for like almost a year, the fishing paddleboard story. It was like, you know, he, of course, you're kind of feeling a bit lost for like 20 something years. He moved his way up in the ranks. People um, followed his orders. He, he could delegate. Something was always getting done on his time and the stress of it all too. But all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're not like the big shot guy anymore on campus or whatever. You're just Joe Schmo. You're just a number like out there walking the streets like everybody else. You're not wearing a uniform. You're not wearing a rank. You are just like everybody else. So, um, yeah, that I'm sure was an adjustment for him. Um, he had moments of feeling lost, I'm sure. There was some agitation, communication skills that we worked on, um, which is comes into value now as a life coach because I can offer those nonviolent communication skills to other military spouses. And um, basically, he found a way to deal with his PTS, and that was by going to the water, going to the ocean, uh, fishing and boating. So it started on the paddleboard for about a year, almost six months. I mean, he grew that veteran's beard and he would go off like the Pied Piper and come home with like fish on a stick, fish on string, that 550 cord that the Marines use. And every day he'd come home and he'd clean them and skin them in the back and gut them. And it was like this whole process. And I'm like, 
okay, this is what he needs to do to process. He's happy. He's he's not depressed. He's not medicated. He's not living in his bedroom. You know, he's not doing the medical marijuana thing. He is finding a hobby and something in life that that brings him energy and vitality that's healthy. So I was all about supporting him in that. Um, some of the spouses were on, and neighbors on the street would be like, is your husband okay? Look at, you know, that, is he going to shave ever? And I'm like, again, mama bear, like he has shaved his entire life every day with not a hair out of place in the military. No, right now he's growing his hair out. He'll shave his head and his hair whenever he wants. He cut his own haircut. His, he cut his own hair since he was like age 16. So he was cutting military hair. I mean, so yeah, so he did that. And then um, one day, yeah, I just saw the, the beauty and how refreshed he was when he'd come home. But of course, I was concerned too. He's on a paddleboard and you just mentioned, you know, the sharks in San Clemente. And people would send me pictures from the end of the pier. Oh, look, I see your husband out on the water today. I'm like, oh, lovely. And here he is, the end of the pier on a red paddleboard. It stuck out because it was a red paddleboard. And they're sending me pictures like, yep, that's your husband. I see the red paddleboard. And all I'm doing is praying at home, like, please, no shark attack today. You know, I'm having anxiety, PTS now, because he's out in the water with the sharks. I'm like, is, how long is this pattern going to last? You know, and when he came home one day and said, you know what? I got a little disability check now. It's almost a year later. He's like, do you mind if I buy myself a, a, a little fishing boat? And I was like, absolutely. Like, prayer answered. You know how you pray for stuff. And you don't know what you're really praying for. But that was an answered prayer for me. Like, my husband is now in a boat, a little more protected, not on a paddleboard. But there was something, he still goes back to paddleboard fishing now. I mean, we're in Florida now, and he'll go on the canals near our house and just talks to neighbors. They let him just go in from the backyard, and he goes and spends hours there on his paddleboard fishing. So it was kind of his first love, and he still returns to it, which is so cool, catching um, schnook and all kinds of uh, shark, you know, whatever's going on in the red snapper, whatever's in our mangroves here on the Gulf side of Florida. But yeah, so he did the boating thing, and then um, we started going on the boat together more and more, because uh, of course we like to do things together in our marriage. We don't do things separate. And if you want clue or you know tip for the people trying to work on your marriage, do things together, not separated. It keeps your marriage a little stronger. If you start having all your activities separated, you know one or two is okay, but all of them all the time, different vacations, not not healthy. Um, so yeah, I'm on the boat with him because I'm curious being too, and I want to be with him and his company, and I'm. I'm just so impressed with how he can transform himself from being a soldier to like learning everything with the boat, going to captain school, getting certifications. So here we are. The first little boat was like 14 foot. And I found out that side did not work well with me. I was spending more time hanging over the boat, you know, relieving myself, throwing up, than enjoying the nature and the fishing. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is awful. Like this is my husband's like dream. And now I can be on here with him because I physically am getting sick. And I tried all the little Dramamines and all that. It wasn't working. Um, so he quickly, I guess, engaged with that and realized that was the, a concern or an issue for for us and sold that one and got just a little bigger boat. Actually, almost too big. I think we went to a 26 or a 26 or 23 foot striper. And then it was too big. He's trying to m manage this thing all on his own. Like imagine on a trailer, bike, backing it down on the boat ramp. Had a few incidents here and there. You know, insurance is good. And uh, found our sweet spot with his 21-foot Parker with a cutty cabin. So after, you know, just like anything else in life, you go as you learn as you go, you trial and error. We sold, we bought, we sold, and then um, things worked out. We got this, this Parker, and that was like the sweet spot. I could go on the boat with him. I didn't mind even staying on there overnight with him in the water because we had a cabin to close and a door. You know, we put our little foam mattress and the pillows down and get comfortable and cozy. 
So, um, yeah, we did the boating thing and I realized how much joy it brought, how much peace it brought to him, how important I started researching about ocean therapy and piscatorial therapy. I didn't even know that was such a thing, but you know, Pisces on the astrological signage, Pisces is a fish, piscatorial therapy, it all connects together. And I said, wow, there's really something out there. This is why my husband is connecting with the boating, the water, the nature. Um, it brings peace. There's so many benefits, health benefits for it. So I was all about it. And I said to him one day, you know what? We can't keep something that's so good for people under under light. We have to let it shine. We need to get more military veterans out here. We need to share this with the world. We need to share it somehow. And of course, you have all the negative Nellies. How are you going to get people on the bill? How are you going to market this stuff? And but, you know, what about insurance? What about liability? Just thinking all down those rabbit holes. And I'm like, you know what? I'm trusting God. I'm trusting my intuition. My husband's on board with it. And, you know, lo and behold, I think within a week later of me saying that, here's a military spouse coming up to me saying, hey, we need help. I don't know what to do. My husband just got back from the war. He's in his room. He's depressed, self-medicating, shades are closed, not connecting with the family. How, how are we going to do this? I don't know what to do anymore. Um, and all I could say was, how about a boat ride? I mean, that was it, a one-liner. How about a boat ride for the family? Her eyes lit up. We got them on the boat. Long story short, wonderful day. And uh, the thank you card that I got resonated so much that then I knew we were doing the right thing. I mean, she wrote this beautiful card about how much the family got valued it, how much they got out of this, how important this was. And, and once that happened, it was like a green light go. So over three years, I don't have the spreadsheet set up, but, you know, probably 50 or something, um, 60 free boat rides that we just took out military. My husband would come back from church or text me like, hey, I'm taking the boat out right now. Just met a Marine at church. He's deploying for nine months. Uh, we're going to go make some memories on the water before the, they separate for a year. So creating those memories before they even separate. I'm like, wow, genius. So they, they can harvest that and hang on to that while they're separated. So it just expanded and grew. We had people calling us um, from all over. They found us on Google. I was more like the back end. It was like mom and pop. He's the grunt doing all the repairs on his own, watching YouTube videos, how to repair everything. Because we're on a fixed military budget here. And I am in the background doing the social media, the Facebook, the Instagram, um, the posts, that, the beautiful photos that speak volumes for themselves. And people would call. It felt so humbling and like it was such a gift when people call me from all over the world or not over the world, all over the U.S., and say, oh, hi, we'd like to come for a boat ride with you. We're from Michigan or Montana or Wyoming, all these places, Arkansas. We saw, your, we saw you online. We found you on Google, and we want to come and support your boat. We want to fish with your captain because your husband's a vet. We want to support that, and we see that you give back to the vets with free boat rides. We want to be a part of that. And people just grabbed onto it. And we did you know, sunset cruises and anniversaries and birthdays, like it just went on. It was great until one night or one day COVID hit and they shut down the entire harbor. The pandemic literally shut down the boating industry overnight. Overnight, we tried to go to get our boat and we're like not even allowed barely on the base to get our boat, barely to get in the water. There's signs, there's like blockages, cones everywhere. And I'm, we're like, what the heck? We're just going in the open ocean. We're breathing fresh air. Like this is probably a healthy thing, some vitamin D. Let's maybe we're going to, we should have been like essential. We should have been the essential business now that I'm thinking about it, but no, shut us down for other reasons. And, um, yeah, that was it. We had to start reinventing ourselves. And again, serendipity, synchronicity, all those words, I don't know, divine intervention. We end up finding a, a used Sprinter van that was within our budget. 
and rented our house um, to an active duty military family stationed at Pendleton. There's a website, militarybyowner.com, which is great for military renting for military um, as you're traveling around with your active duty assignments. And the kids were just out of the house. Our daughter had already graduated college and was on her world and on her journey. And our son was just off out of the house himself. And we're like, oh my gosh, we've got this van. We've got renters and we have no children at the house. And then the news came on saying, lock up, stay inside. Restaurants are shut down. Do not leave the house. Wear the mouth. Uh, we'll get back to you. I don't know in like, I don't know, a week, a month, a year. I don't know, two years. But we're like, we are out of here. And that was it. Um, Semper Gumby wife is what I called myself. Like always flexible, like a, like a Gumby bear. Semper Gumby wife. So that was it. We shut down. We, we reinvented ourselves and we reclaimed our life. We gave away possessions. We sold all kinds of stuff that was unneeded anymore. Let go. I did like 10 trips to the thrift store. Um, and we started our RV adventure lifestyle with that used Sprinter van. And we toured America, the national parks, state parks for almost a year, like eight months or so. Uh, neither of us had traveled around America. We had each been more overseas between our parents' upbringing and, and him in the military and the Peace Corps. Like, we did not know America. And we thought, you know what? This is the best time to get to know America. Nobody's doing anything. I don't think people are leaving their houses. You can't even eat out. Well, the van has a little three stove top burner and a little fridge. That's it. We'll go hunt our food if we need to. We'll catch our fish. We'll hit a grocery store if they're even open. Thank God those were essential. And um, that was it. And we saw the most incredible sights and, and sounds and, and connected with all senses in nature and realized, wow, this is really important too. So we had the ocean therapy, the piscatorial, and now we have the blend of the nature because that quietness out there where you can hear a pin drop and you just see in this expansive sky with the stars and no one's around you because we did a lot of boondocking. We weren't really like, again, we're on a military budget. So I should do a whole YouTube series on living in a van on a budget. We're not doing those $100 a night fancy parks with the pools and all that. We are off grid literally with our phone with a Google map trying to find a route on satellite, like, okay, do you think the van can go over this? Let's give it a try. And if it doesn't, we back up, we get stuck, whatever, we figure it out. That's my tag on my website. Like, we will figure it out. So, yeah, the the park thing was amazing. And um, all the benefits we got, the healing to be in nature, to kind of purposely disconnect from our techie world. Everything is just so fast-paced. Everybody wants everything yesterday. Everything is on speed dial. If you have to wait, like, two seconds for something, it's late. And it's just like, just slow down. And I was reading books. I was doing self-awareness, um, journaling, and it was all about keeping it simple, slow down, less is more. And um, that was it. I think there was one verse that carried with me too also, but it was like, you know, the whole living by faith, not by sight. And that was our world for about eight months. And we would text our kids when we have reception here and there. Hey, we're here now. Hey, we're heading over to Yellowstone, heading to the... So we had, you know, some connection with the fa immediate family. But for most part, yeah, I don't even think we could post much on Facebook till after. So we were just kind of off grid. And it was healing. It was empowering. And um, basically, we are just now living life on our own terms and no more government orders doing our thing. And I just want to share that with other people as a coach. I want to give um, empowerment and encouragement and hope to spouses, to military families, um, encouraging them to stay together and using tools to benefit the family. And then the nature thing is just like in us now. So, you know, eventually maybe 
a little more posts on that, but definitely from nature, being in nature, you learn to declutter, you learn to get rid of junk and things that don't serve you. So yeah, I'm a declutter coach too. I can help you walk through your journey of decluttering um, physical space. I've had people call me like, I'm a hoarder, help me at my kitchen, whatever. It's so much fun. Like, yes, let's get, you have eight spatulas. How many do you really need? Yeah, well, I like to cook. So it's so much fun decluttering space like that and seeing them light up and freeing that space. And, you know, it warms my heart. Like some people like this one lady, she hasn't had friends over, hasn't had uh, hosted a dinner party or anything because her messy house. So this was her why. This was a reason for her partly to declutter. She's like, I want to host a dinner party and have all my friends over with all. I'm like, yeah, that's a great, you know, start a great reason to declutter. So decluttering physical space, decluttering the mind. We keep so much in our minds, like wrapped up there. Our minds are spinning. I mean, we're human. Yeah. We have spinning minds, but you can declutter that and just let go of things that are no more value, no things that don't serve you. And that opens up and creates more space for something new. Just like going into nature, when you come back into your society and your world, you are so refreshed. You can actually gain um, momentum and positivity and move forward in your action steps with your outcomes just because you detracted and went into nature. And I know JP's a nature guy too, so he can relate. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a full summary. Yeah, no, that's a lot. So I'm going to unpack some of it because there is so much good stuff that people might have missed, right? So first of all, as we talk about how altruistic you are, you just talked about your husband most of the time there and you don't want to talk about yourself. That's just the kind of nature you are. But uh, I love the part about the PTSD that, this is a good example for people to see that you don't have to take pills and it doesn't have to be horrible. You can take time and process those emotions yourself. And so it's amazing what your husband did and to use nature and it might not be nature for everybody, but there's an answer that's not um, with pills or drugs or alcohol. There's another answer out there. And some people it's God, some people it's nature and kind of they're both the same. Uh, I It reminded me of something when you're talking about the water. I saw this show and the psychologist would bring people it was in hawaii and she would bring people um out in the water to the dolphins who had ptsd and the, the dolphins she's like i don't even do anything i just bring them here the dolphins do the work and the dolphins would rally around these pe kids and people and um they would heal just from that and so that just reminded me of that uh decluttering is huge and i love the way you said declutter your mind as well because it's not just our space right we need the the nature goes with that as well and so decluttering your mind it could be as simple as just taking a pen and writing out your thought right and the fact when you have thoughts all tangled up in your head that's what they are it's just like a bunch of ropes or shoelaces that are all tied up together and as you journal and start to write these out then slowly they, you start to make sense of it and throw away the stuff that's in your head stuck there that's not serving you and figure out what you want. And journaling is a huge one. And then, uh, yeah, nature. We all schedule time for everything, right? We have our whole Excel or spreadsheet going, okay, I got to do this, 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 this. But who, who schedules time for nature? I do, but not many people do. So I definitely love that. And then as you're talking about the beginning of your story and we hear it's like takes a village to raise it's so beautiful the way that the whole military community rallies around you to help do everything and so now you get to give back to that and so did you just complete an event that you were speaking about life after the military could you speak to that for a bit 
Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yes, the military is a tight bond and wherever you go, military connect, we have that common thread that it's just like unspoken and brings us together. Um, so as I have been moving forward with the coaching journey, um, and focusing on military just through between LinkedIn and some other resources, I was connected with a couple other vets, uh, one woman who served about three and a half years in the Navy as a CB and another a gentleman who was an army combat veteran. And the three of us got on a Zoom call together. We were totally in alignment with wanting to create uh, space like Q&As, uh, focusing on military families and also people transitioning out of the military. So we started a webinar called The Uncomfortable Truth About Life After the Military. And we are just um, opening up the conversation really for people to have that voice. Um, there's a lot of rules with the military, a lot of codes and code books and you know, on paper, it looks like everything that the military could think of is taken care of and checked in the box, but doesn't quite work like that in real life. And it, it's messy. And when you get out of the military, um, you will hear the stories if you ever join the webinars. Um, we have the next one coming up uh, next uh, Tuesday, July 5th, right after the holiday. We centered a couple around before 4th of July and after. Um, because again, uh, Independence Day in the U.S., you know, a, a military holiday like a Veterans Day, Memorial Day, those are some deep holidays for um, our injured vets and in military that have a lot of reflection on those days. Times about going to war, about comrades they've lost in the war zone, the suicidal rate goes up higher. So we wanted to cover that whole weekend with a, a webinar before and after to maybe just also save a life, catch somebody who might be struggling we give them resources in the webinar for places to call and go to um, help them with with whatever they're working on in their journey but yeah so between the the CB getting out and the other uh, veteran he was almost homeless for some time and he'll share his journey with you he ended up in a van for three years too so he's kind of seen the whole nature van life thing and grew from that it like bounced him back and got him back um, back on track. And um, the CB, yeah, when you get out, there's things that you think are going to flow easily, but they don't. So definitely for the military community, we've had people join us in the webinar that uh, maybe their late husband, um, you know, he passed away, but the wife never really knew the stories and she didn't understand why he wouldn't share with her or whatever. So she said, I'm here just to learn about the military side because I couldn't hear from my husband. I couldn't listen to those stories. I tried to make myself available, but, you know, it just... They just don't talk about certain things. So we've got all kinds of walks joining us. Uh, we've got dependent uh, young adult children that are on their own. We love to hear their stories of what it's like growing up in the military with the moves and, you know, disconnecting with kids. You make a friend and you got to move somewhere else, make another friend. Um, they have a voice that needs to be heard. Um, spouses definitely with moving with the kids and the job in and out of jobs. Um, the the veterans need to connect and 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 share their stories. Parents are concerned for their kids when they're deploying. So there's all these different levels and the webinar allows that space for people to come. And from the way it's it's turned out, people share after how grateful they are that we're they're asking those questions and allowing them to express their their feelings and their thoughts. Because especially in the military, there's a lot of bottling up of feelings. Just put your uniform on, get out there and do your thing. Don't ask questions. So this is now a time to share those feelings, good or bad. And all for the purpose of being able to help people in their journeys and their paths so that they can have positive outcomes, find a new living purpose for their life, get excited about something that they want to engage in. 
and yeah, be connected because we're not meant to live in isolation on this world. Um, so that's what's going on with the webinar. We're looking forward to where it's going to take us as um, you know the months and, and time goes on. That's beautiful. Thank you for highlighting that because there's an important part there that people just see soldiers and they don't know, they don't see the family and the kids and the moving and especially like for young kids, that could be traumatic. Not a, not even as a kid, but when they get older, then they're kind of like lost. Where are we and how did we end up here? And then the wives or just the spouses always, there's that worry, right? When you deploy and there's always that um thoughts in the back of your head that what if what if what if so thank you for highlighting that part of it and so my next question would be where are you going to go now and this being the phase four podcast we know from the six phase meditation that phase four is creating your future three years out so what does it look like for vanessa three years from now oh yeah i'm getting goosebumps thinking about that so uh the word that i'm using even in the webinar when we coach and when we connect with other people, we're also learning and growing ourselves. So how am I feeling in this journey in this season right now is adventurous. Like I'm just excited about opportunities and adventure. That's where my heart is. And for people that are having more words of lack and discouragement, I want to help pull them out of that and, you know, guide them so they can have those words of abundance to use in their lives too. So Vanessa, three years from now, um, well, I've started the LLC process. So my coaching is an LLC, making it like an official business. And um, ideally, I want to expand what we did in California, which was taking out injured vets on boats uh, for just um, sea life tours, for the fishing, for um, just sunset, just family time, whatever. And I want to expand that now that we're on the uh, another coastal country or a coastal state of Florida, want to do, do that similar thing here, but on a different level. Ideally, I mean, I have a small little park or fishing boat now, which my husband's totally happy with because it's his sweet spot. We have the small van, 24 foot, the fishing boat, 21 foot, both of those on a trailer together. You can get places. So we're touring all over Florida, doing a lot of camping, checking out all the state parks, um, using that uh, disabled um, benefit that we get. We get to go into any state park. So for veterans, if you have your disability card and a certain level, you get to go, I think it's 50 or 60%. You get to go to any state park where you're a resident in and stay there for free or just go in the park for free, access it for free. And if you spend the night in those parks, you get 50% off. So, you know, it's a cost savings. So we're doing a lot of that. Um, but I see in three years, I would like to take it a little more to the water now that we've done our one year of um, almost one year in the van and we're doing a little more shorter trips with the van, exploring, you know, incrementally sites around us or making road trips to see family or friends. I would like to ideally be investing in a catamaran. It would be lovely to have a sponsor, but yeah, my husband's like, okay, what are we going to sell to get that? So again, got to move some money, got to shift some things. Um, but ideally in my dream world, we are on a catamaran and we are taking out couples just one at a time in a stateroom to experience all that nature um, therapy, the ocean, the piscatorial, like all of it together on the water. We've got our spots already, our favorite spots in on the Gulf side of Florida, you know, between mangroves and sheltered areas where you just see the amazing sunsets and sunrises. I'm sure I've shared some pictures with you, JP. So um, I would like to do that with my coaching also available on the boat with them, linking up with nonprofits like maybe Wounded Warrior Project, big ones out there that actually have grants 
to take injured vets out. You know, they have grants for them to do yoga, vocational education, all kinds of services to help our veterans integrate, find that living purpose, um, relax, slow down, help with anxiety, stress, all that stuff. So we want to be part of that process, that journey, and it would be wonderful to have a, a bigger space on a catamaran so it could be an overnight thing. Right now, I mean, we have a smaller boat and people are like, well, you can still just take one couple out at a time, which is true. We've done that in, in California. We've already gone through that. So it would be great to do that and start that up in Florida. But eventually that's that catamaran because it's got that spread out kind of almost like 360 view deck. I don't know if you've seen those catamarans um, and they've got the different staterooms. You've got that open space. And really, like you mentioned about you said it yourself, like the dolphins, like you just bring them out to the dolphins and people go fishing with them. The dolphins do all the work. They're the connection. They're the energy. They're the, the therapy. It's the same with nature. Like literally, we just have to bring them out to the water and nature will do its work. And we just are the conduit. And I just, it would be so cool to have that in three years down the road um, as the, the business grows and the service grows and I'm connected with people and and people are introducing me to people, that kind of thing. It would be great. Amazing. So how did you end up with Mind Valley? And also, what is your favorite quest or author from Mind Valley? Uh, how I ended up in Mind Valley was um, during my self exploration journey, starting with the van life. You know, moving around in nature gives you a lot of time, a lot of open space for your brain to just decompress and think a lot of thoughts. So between the journaling and some some abundance uh, courses I was taking, just whatever I could get my hands on, I was doing a lot of reflecting, self self reflecting on even how I've raised the children, things I could have done better, things I want to improve in my relationship with them as young adults as they're growing and starting their own lives and branching out and um so yeah i figured yeah like anything you know michael jackson man in the mirror like start with yourself so i didn't think to start start with anybody else or blame anybody else for anything i just wanted to start with myself so over that journey um i found mind valley when we were actually two months fishing in the keys and i asked my husband if we could move into a little Airbnb for a while because it was like hot and, um, it, you know, sticky. I mean, there's a lot of uncomfortable parts of living in a van too. And I said, can we just like spread out a little bit? So we found a little, it was a discounted home, an Airbnb, a home on stilts in a mobile home community part. So very tight compared to our usual boondocking. It was like we were living on top of each other. But the trade-off was we could put our little boat in the canal and my husband could go in and out on the canal like 5 a.m. He's up in and out, in and out, fishing, back home, in and out, come home, I got breakfast prepared, in and out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this canal thing. So, but as he was fishing more and more and, you know, I'm watching him and I'm just observing his body language and his energy. And I'm like, he is so like high on life, excited about what he does. And I like coming and going too. I like fishing once in a while. I like the sunsets for sure. You know, the cheese and crackers and sunset with a happy hour. I love that. Little dock and dines. But there was something missing still. I was like, okay, so what is missing? I need that. I have a lot of like stuff I'm experiencing for myself, but that contribution side was missing. Uh, and I also figured I should get myself in a little better shape because I felt after eight months of the van, that's a whole other podcast or come to my van life Q and A for that. Like try to stay fit and healthy in a van when, you know, your husband likes to munch on something while he's driving and he's fit and does so much work. I mean, he just burns calories as he breathes, but doesn't work for me. 
So here I am. He's got some chips. Well, I want some chips too. Then I'm eating the chips. Next thing, you know, five pounds heavier, the pants are closing. I'm like, okay, well, I got to do some. So found Mind Valley, started listening to some quests, got addicted at these like self improvement quests on how to, you know, treat things in my life, how to better this, how to that, how to, how to have more um, purpose in what you're doing now in this season, business quests. It was just amazing. And um, I found 10X. So I found 10X was the first big quest that I, um, started along with um, the uh, is it Marissa Pierce or the the one on abundance, um, but then after the 10x journey and again, you know, I was thinking, how am I going to get through this? We're in a van half the time, um, we're moving around. You know, I'm not having a gym membership. How how the heck am I going to do this? And I just said, you know what? I'm going to find some nuggets out of this and I'm going to make it work. And they said at the beginning, if you don't have a gym, just get some get some elastic band, get those bands. So I got the different poundage bands and my husband's like, what is she doing now? You know, I was wondering what's Vanessa up to now, my little head of mine. And I start hanging the bands on the car window, the big mirror up front doing my tricep, you know, rounds of 12 and whatever they had. And I loved the program because it was like incremental. It started off really slow, just like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes. And then I went to 15 and um, I didn't have the scale. I didn't do the blood work stuff. But when I came home back to the house three months later, and my clothes were like loose on me. My jeans were buttoning easily. I'm like, okay, well, that's work. And I'm sticking with this program. So between 10X starting, I think I got in a routine because I had no flow of a routine. It was just like every day you wake up and you're like, what do we do now? The sun is out, this and that. What should we do? Which is great to have like no plan sometimes, but I'm a type A. I have to have a little structure. So the 10X gave me structure every day. I had like, okay, I'm going to do my workout and doing it more in the morning so I don't get distracted in the afternoon. And then that kind of led and opened the door when I did um, Be the Extraordinary um, quest with Bishen and started asking and taking notes in my life purpose. And I thought, I, gosh, they have a course for coaching. And wow, that's that's going to be a big commitment in another four or five months. And But my mindset was already shifted. I was already in a routine of doing my fitness. So I felt like really positive and empowered about that. I felt like I'm getting results from some a course from Mind Valley. And I said, you know what? I'm signing up for this other part right here, uh, which my husband still had some doubts, you know, again, not touchy feely military. He's like, what? It's a course. And like, you're going to, my mother saw me. She was visiting from Germany at one point. We had her in the van for two weeks. And she's like, I don't understand. I don't understand you. You paid money for this course. And then, and then people make you cry. And this is a good thing. I don't understand. So both of them are just like together. Like, what is Vanessa doing? I'm like, yeah, it's a really good thing to cry. And to release that stress and energy and it actually you know produces better outcome on the other end for and people that are like i don't know how to cry i don't have my tea i don't even have tears yeah we got to work on that so i should be called the cry coach jay she's seen me in some coaching episodes i get really empathetic and i'm my tears are going too um but yeah so that's how 10x kind of started and then it moved into the the coaching and just met the most incredible group of people the support the structure the accountability and then that's brought me to where I am today and just jumped in on it because at the end, like material is just material. We can all go to school. We can all be students. But if we're not putting in the action, running with it, and I know we have insecurities and, you know, we feel a, a lack of confidence, even as coaches, we're all learning. We're not perfect either. Just like Christians, we're all sinners. You come to church with your baggage and, um, but you show up, you show up, you engage, and you step into action somewhere. You fail. You you learn. You you fall down. You get up again, and that's what life's about—the journey, not the destination. Right. 
And so now you're a certified life coach and you're also a six phase meditation trainer. And so it all started with Ronan and the 10X package. And so props to Ronan. Right. And so I think something you said there is really important. It's, it doesn't necessarily have to be crying, but when you're going through things to release the trauma instead of bearing it down, because if you put it back down, all that's going to happen is it's going to stay there and it might manifest in another way that you don't want. So feel those feelings, let them release, process them, and they'll move through you quicker. The quicker you just sit there and go, okay, this is not comfortable. I don't really like this, but I'm letting it move through me and I'm processing it. And then it goes. And it's just like clouds, right? The clouds are coming in, they're coming out. Some days they're gray clouds. Some days there's big puffy white clouds. But you're the sun and you're always there behind it. So it's so important to process those emotions. Otherwise, they just get trapped in your body. So with that, my final question is, it's going to be, is there anything we didn't ask you or that we that you want us to know? And I there's a couple of things I forgot. Um, you're a digital nomad. Um, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, gosh, we're evolving into so many things, but I didn't even know that word existed. I didn't know what that was till I realized I'm living it. I'm just living stuff. And then people are assigning, you know, what these terminologies mean. So yeah, digital. I mean, I'm crying all the time. Like when I, when I'm upset, I cry and I get over it and I didn't realize how healthy that is. And that's why I think I'm so high energy and positive attitude, because if I'm sad about something, I'll cry about straight away and then I move on, just like you mentioned. Um, the digital nomad, yeah, I didn't know. Someone even shared a study with me, really cool, another peer. She actually studied at some school um, and did like a fellowship in Bali and studied um, people that were working, entrepreneurs that were all working digitally. And they were nomadic because they were like living outside their regular hometown. They went to a whole different country, different continent. And they're working remotely from, you know, Wi-Fi centers and however they have their setup. And she did a whole study and statistics about the digital nomad lifestyle. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that people even study this. I didn't know this existed, but this is what we're doing. And, you know, she even has uh, aspects on there about how you could make 400 something thousand dollars, be some high end doctor, surgeon, which, yeah, I mean, all of this is great. There's lots of professions out there. You know, kudos to those people that are in healthcare and doing all this stuff and and really, I mean, so draining and stressful and the hours they spend and, you know, they make maybe a big paycheck, but the stress and the toll on your life. So, yeah, do you want $450,000 a year for this mega big job that's going to, you know, be a nice paycheck, but think about the quality of your life that you're sacrificing in that process or maybe you're fine working remotely in whatever field that you love to spend all your energy and time on make maybe only 40 50,000 a year and the non-monetary value of the quality of life and the adventure you're having and the experience and the travel it supersedes that $450,000 paycheck so when I read that I was like wow that was a big moment to read about and um, yeah so she studied all this different stuff about digital nomad and that's what I am because I still have my business on the road and it moves with me remotely where we go for camping in the van um for on the boat uh we got my husband very kindly got me another booster for the boat because i didn't have enough reception if i'm doing a coaching call from the boat so we're figuring all that out on the boat um but yeah at some point and, he, and he's my yin yang he'll help me uh do that work-life balance and shut it down like the other day you know he was like 
you've been on that computer all day. You've been talking to people. You've been doing stuff. We're going for a sunset, dock and dine. And I'm like, well, maybe tomorrow. No, he just, you need that person in your life that helps you shut it down. And I'm like the slow down coach, but you know, I have to do it myself too. So yeah, you just stop everything. You shut that computer, you turn off and you go off into the sunset and then you regroup and recharge again. So yeah, one of my tag taglines is um, charge your soul, not just your cell phone. So yeah, that's awesome. And um, so sometimes less is more like you're saying with the jobs there. And uh, so is there anything that we, I, I know I said it was the last question. I actually have a couple more now I'm thinking it. Is there anything, I think I saw a video of you on a motorbike the other day, cruising in the sun. Oh my gosh, you are so good. You, anybody needs to hire this guy, JP. You are so fine-tuned in your research and the detail. I'm so impressed because people don't go to the level that you're going of finding out about somebody. You make them feel so special and I, I'm just impressed with you. But yeah, so the motorcycle story, it's like, I want to put more little data on there of being in the moment in life. I've got a lot of content and video and pictures, but they're just sitting on my phone. I haven't shared it with the world. And, you know, before I didn't want to just share to brag, but now it's more like sharing to encourage and to motivate and like, hey, if you want to do this, think about it. Think a little outside the box. How can we get you to, to this step? So the motorcycle thing was, again, we met this guy when we were fishing in the Keys, the fishing in the Keys. You never know what you run into. And he was a semi-retired cop, so he's kind of moving his way out to retirement. But the town of Marathon, the city of Marathon, hires him on a contract basis because they don't have enough cops. Imagine that. Cops aren't wanting to, you know, <laughs> be putting their lives and families at risk now. So he gets all suited up and um, in his uniform, and he just happened to be at his mom's house two doors down from where we were staying at that Airbnb, and um, a different Airbnb. And, um, yeah, he'd see my husband come in and out with that boat and catching the fish. So they had a bonding thing, you know, law enforcement, military, pretty much the same family. And I'd see him coming out every day like, oh, he, well, he's here to talk to Russ again. So I call it the bromances. My my daughter started that. She's always like, oh, does dad have a new bromance? I'm like, what is that? You know, like, it's like, you know, like a romance with a guy, bromance. So he's got his bromances going on, all revolving around fishing and boating. So that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, so we met this guy, had this great connection. Well, it turns out he also has a home on the east side of Florida and said, anytime you guys are around here, please come see us. You can stay with us. You can park in our driveway. You can stay in our place. I mean, just, and that's the thing. You give, you give, you give places and it comes back tenfold. I just keep telling people, just be generous, be giving, and it will come back to you and manifest in all kinds of ways. So yeah, it happened that him and his girlfriend were out of town last weekend because they had a wedding in a different part of Florida. But he told us how to get in the house, make yourself comfortable. We brought our pups. And there we were uh, because we went to go see a concert, a reggae concert with some friends. And that's what you do with Arby. You pop up, you go to events, you just spontaneity. Um, so, yeah, we saw a concert. And then he mentioned, of course, my husband noticed the motorcycle in the garage and was like, whoa. So he had to text him like, what's up with the motorcycle? He said, oh, I'm storing it for a buddy. You know, I don't even get it out. It needs to be driven. You know, it's plugged on one of those charger things to stay working. But, I mean, if you want to take it out for a ride, like, I really need to drive the thing. And I haven't had time to it with his semi-retired cop job, like he's up and down to the keys all the time. My husband's eyes lit up. So I was doing coaching calls in the morning, Sunday morning, and, you know, he texted me, you know, testing the bike out and, you know, and of course going fishing, he'll find bridges and this fishing from land too. It's just constant. And um, yeah, so after he came back, I mean, he was like, that's it, go on the beach, get on the bike. And I'm like, what? You know, and we were supposed to be leaving that day. Again, spontaneity. We ended up staying another day. 
because we're having so much fun. The weather was perfect. So that's how we ended up on the bike. We do have one CBR still left in California. He got rid of our Harley. We traded a boat. We bought a boat. Well, no, we sold a boat, which was a boat selling, buying. I can't even remember now. We were selling a boat to get another boat. And the guy didn't have enough cash. And he sold us his Harley uh, Davidson motorcycle in lieu of some cash. So some cash and a Harley in exchange for our boat. That was in California too. So we literally had my husband riding this boat or riding the, the motorcycle with the handlebars. They were the eight handlebars on the five freeway all the way up. And I'm with the car like, what are we doing? What did we just do now? We rolled back in the house and our kid was still in high school, opens the garage door and sees this Harley like roll in there, calls his sister in college and goes, uh, yep, mom and dad had another middle life crisis. You know, I mean, the kids are just watching all this like, what are our parents up to now? We'll visit our daughter in Hilton Head Island and buy a boat. But everything's strategic and we're talking and thinking about it. We're not just, you know, throwing money out there, charging cards. We like to pay off our debt. Uh, but yeah, so we ended up on that motorcycle and had the best time. I'm like, gosh, I should be wearing a helmet and this and that and all that. But it just went so quick. And we went and met some friends for lunch on the water. And it's so much easier parking a, a bike on the east side of Florida than a car. It was like, oh, we have to do it. But yeah, we wrote the guy back, said, thank you. Bike runs great. We filled it up with some gas and had our little spin on the Harley was awesome. And I'm sure my husband's spinning now, like maybe I do need to get a bike again in Florida to be continued. <laughs> Perfect. I love that story. Uh, the final question, and this is actually the final question is, where can people find you? Okay, where can people find me? So my website is www.vanlifegirlcoach.com. That is a one place. I'm also on LinkedIn under Vanessa Donaldson. And um, those are the two main places to go right now. There's, you know, maybe some Instagram or Facebook going on in the future, but there's so much going on between the webinars and things that I'm just trying to connect with people. Definitely um, reach out that way. I've got a contact sheet on my website and I can get back to you if anybody wants to join the webinars. Maybe there's a way we can post that information, JP, so they can, anybody military related, connected, wanting to learn about it, come join us next um, uh, July the 5th. It'll, we'll have three sessions um, at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 7 p.m. Eastern time, all online with a Zoom link. So from the comfort of your home or wherever you are. Um, so yeah, those are those are places how, how to reach me. I would love to connect and, and collaborate, share, learn, grow, be curious, all of it. Amazing. And yeah, as always, we'll put those in the show notes. And Vanessa, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful for today. Thank you, JP. It was so much fun.